If you want heaps good history, a little touch of mystery, with lots of hilarity, it's Adelol. Welcome to Adelol, the heaps good history podcast where we share stories from South Australia's past. I'm Dan, a born and bred South Aussie, and my mate Tom... How you going? ...moved here from the UK in 2003 and brings a touch of the outsider's perspective. I didn't sound very... Um... British then when you... Do you want to like, hey, sound on. more British? Well, you just introduce me and I can just be like, shine a shoe, Governor. <laughs> Excellent. Good to see you again, buddy. Yeah, good to see you, mate. Yeah. How's, how's, how's your week been? Week's been good. Yeah. Well, we we um, are, um, we are delayed in, in getting this one out. We Obviously, we did the one, the special edition episode for yeah. um, SA History Month. Wasn't great in my opinion, but... Actually, people people liked it. People, people are liking it? it? Okay. Well, but people, we, people are far too kind. But this month we're gonna uh, we're gonna go hard, go hard or go home. We're gonna have lots of episodes. All right, I'll see you later. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Beer of the episode. Beer of the episode today. This is, is I've never even uh, touched one of these before. Yeah, mate, you won't want to after this. Really? No, I look. You know, I don't want to. I'll probably I, I'll probably love it because I like really really plain beers. Yeah. Well, no, that's the thing. It's not. A oh plain my beer. god. It's not plain, but it's also not fruity or sophisticated in a good way. Look. I don't want to slag people Unlike off. Unlike me, fruity and sophisticated. Well, that's right. Yeah. I, I don't want to go slagging people off. I bought a four pack. Obviously, we've got two. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, obviously, we've got you know one each tonight making two. Mm. But I've I drank the other two first to sample it before you came over. Not tonight, but earlier in the weekend. Yeah. And um, yeah. Look, it's the Fox Hat Lusty Lager. These guys brew out of Wollonga. Yep. And they've got like a really broad range of beers. So I'm not slagging them off based on this one beer, but it. It's extremely hoppy, extremely sweet, extremely gutsy. It's like 6%. All right. And it's supposed to be a lager, which I'm kind of like, well... well... Let's just get into it and see how it goes. Yeah. I, you might love it. One of the coolest looking cans I've ever seen. It's very... Like the, the, the graphic design yeah. on the, uh, on the uh, delivery... Yeah. There we go. There we are. Cheers, bud. Oh, cheers, mate. Ching, ching. The Fox Hat Lusty Lager. Mmm. Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't mind it. I'll drink a whole one. All right, if you're it's, not going to finish, I'll drink a whole one. Like I'm not saying it's garbage. <laughs> it's gutsy as very like very strong, but well, it's that's um, all we need. It just doesn't. It's not. I don't know. Um, I so like it's it. a strong hoppy lager, fermented cool and clean, and hopped using a heavy hand, which basically means they put more like sugar in it. Okay. Um, so that the alcohol content would be higher, and yep. then you have to kind of offset the sugar, the sweet, the sweetness with loads of hops, mm-hmm. and that's why it's. Power, you know. Dense pure white head greets the eye, golden orange and brilliant in clarity. Lusty is a most attractive beer. Breathe her in. She's clean and fresh. Notes of apricot, melon, and tropical fruits fill the nose, and hints of spice and cedar follow. Now you can taste the tropical fruit. Like, I, yeah, it's, like no, I think that's all, it's almost like a cordial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. But it's it's supposed to be a lager. So it's like pineapple uh, juice with hops stuck in it. Not really I don't know. It's it's different. Um, her svelte body, a svelte malt body leads to seductive hot flavours, a lusty bitterness and clean crisp finish, which bellies, belies her 6% alcohol. There we go. Yeah. Well, we'll drink it as it goes on and we'll see how it goes. And look, you know what? We have an open mind. So although I wasn't the biggest fan, um, we'll try some more of their beers in the future. And, Definitely uh, yeah, will. I'm not slagging Definitely them off. Come on. Come on, Fox Hat. We're, we're trying to get behind you. Support the locals. Mm. Supporting the locals. That's what we're doing. Make and thanks happen. to everyone who's supported us in this podcast so far. I think we need to give a shout out to everyone listening. We've had, like, I think we, we worked out we had like 4,000 downloads yeah, over the um, course of the 4, last two streams, months. Yeah, 4,000 streams, which is amazing. Yeah. And we're so happy with that. And we cannot yeah. thank you all enough. And uh, 
at Dan and I, little little known story. I won't name the organisation, but Dan and I used to work for the same organisation. We mm-hmm. used to have the same boss, and I told our boss that um, that uh, we'd had four thousand downloads, and his and that he should get on the podcast and have a listen. And his response was, uh, "People will listen to any crap." That he does. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> yeah, good on him though. Alrighty, Tom, let's do it. Let's do it. This is the story of Elizabeth Woolcock. All right, you know Elizabeth Woolcock. Um, absolutely not. Okay, good. That's what I, I, I like these ones the most, where I'm actually telling Walcott, you a story. Though, in, interesting name. Mm. Very interesting name. <laughs> You're just going to laugh every time I say the surname. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, these are the adlols I like the most, where I'm telling you a story that you have no idea about. So I think this is going to be good fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. So was Elizabeth Woolcock, was she the inventor of the glory hole? <laughs> No, Just that, combining cocks and that walls. Was, that was a, She's like, we're going to take cocks, we're going to take walls, we're going to put them together. <laughs> it's a, that's Jason Glory, you're thinking. Oh, okay. It's named, it was named yeah. after. Elizabeth Lillian Woolcock was born <laughs> Elizabeth Oliver on 20th of April. Elizabeth Oliver? Elizabeth, well, yeah, that's her maiden name, Elizabeth Oliver. Oh, okay, yep. sorry. So she traded Oliver for Woolcock. Yeah, that's it. Born on the 20th of April, blaze it, uh, 1848 in... Uh, in Burra Burra, South Australia. Fortunately, it wasn't the, the, the 20th of April. Pardon? It was the 20th of April? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, plays it. Oh, I get it. I get yeah, it. You get it now. Ah, there you go. There you okay. go. There's a little, 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 little reference. In Burra Burra, South Australia. Burra Burra. The town's so nice, they named it twice. Oh. <laughs> I just don't know why they call it Burra Burra. Anyway, she and her family lived in the Coringa Creek dugouts. Now, these are... She lived in a dugout. She lived in a... like Grim. Like the walls of the... Like, there were rooms cut into the high banks of the creek. Well, there were holes cut in the walls. It was just the <laughs> woolcock. Yeah, that's where it all comes from. That's, a, that's, the, that's the origin story. Um, so, she lived in the side of a creek mm-hmm. uh, in Burra Burra. Okay. Until a flash flood washed away their home in oh. 1852. Who would have thought, though, right? Well, hang on. But was a clairvoyant involved in predicting <laughs> that outcome? John Nash. It, yeah, John, she, she had advance warning them that it was going to happen. <laughs> With no home and losing all their possessions with her family, uh, Elizabeth's father joined the Victorian gold rush and moved to Ballarat. Smart move, smart move. If you yeah. if you got no money, no no prospects and no kind of options for the future, panning for gold. That's it. Um, the rest of the family, along with their babysitter, joined him in taking up residence in a tent in the gold fields. Well, stepping up in the world. Is this going to be another rags to riches story? It's like she lived in a dugout with holes in the walls. She's now compromised. She's 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 now stepped it up and she's gone she's gone tent. She's stepped it up. She's Were there holes tent. in the side of the tent? No. Okay. That would have been intense. Uh, I've already used that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um uh but no, for I'll will's preface this saying for an Adelol, this really isn't all that funny. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I've, I'm I've, really well, relying on look, you to. I've already gone to. I've already started with glory hole jokes. <laughs> so you know, if it, if you can't if you can't improve on glory hole jokes, then we might as well just finish now. Mm. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. All right. Her mother disliked Ballarat and described it as. This horrid, sin-stained colony of scoundrels and villains. In her mother's defence, I have been to <laughs> yeah, Ballarat. I've been to Ballarat too. Yeah. Uh, she, she's not wrong. Uh, following the death from dysentery of Elizabeth's younger sister... When you've sister, grown up in Ballarat, sucking a cock through a hole in the wall <laughs> is, you know, is, is the height of class and sophistication. Shout out to all our Ballarat listeners. Yeah. Our one Ballarat listener. Um, so following the death 
of her sister from dysentery. Um, the family moved back to Adelaide uh, with another man leaving Elizabeth to be raised by her father from his neighbours. So she stayed in Ballarat with her father. The rest of the family moved back right. home to Adelaide. He raised her from his neighbours? Uh, with help from his neighbours. Okay. Yep. Oh, so, yeah, no, yeah, okay, gotcha. Neighbourhood watch. So with the, neighbor, help, with neighbor, the help of neighbours. Yeah. He just put her in front of the TV and was just like, <laughs> I'll be back in an hour. Yeah. Watch Toadie, uh, Harold... <laughs> Yeah, Madge is on if it. Toadfish Rebecca can't teach you how to can't teach you everything about how to live your life, <laughs> then I don't then, then then I don't know what parenting is. No, that's, that's right. Following the Eureka Stockade Rebellion in 1854, oh yep yep yep, Elizabeth big time, big time. was traumatized after witnessing the death of her father's friend Henry at the hands of police in an act of retaliation for the rebellion. Wow. Yeah. So um, when you said this episode's not that funny. It's really going to go down here, oh, here as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. The policeman slashed Henry across the head with his sabre, while, while several more policemen then shot him as he lay on the ground. Several several <laughs> policemen shot him? Slashed him in the head, shot him. Uh, okay. Then in case that wasn't enough, right. the policemen then trampled right. the body for some time with their horses. Right. So she here's said... The plan. Here's the plan, boys. <laughs> right. Listen up, listen up. We got one chance. To, we got one chance to nail this joker. Here's the plan. I go in, slash him in the head. Well, we, we've got all these uh, bullets that we've bought for the, um, you know, uh, you know, right. financial years coming some up. Of, some said of, buy something. I bought. A bunch some of, of you can shoot him. No more than seven of you shoot him at once. Well, look. Otherwise, it's overkill. Look, round holds eight. Uh, there's six of us here. We all want to get a shot in. Uh, come on, boss. Come on, well, Sarge. You know what? I'm having, I'm having a good week. I say put as many holes in them as you want. All right. Well, we've got you on this. Um, uh, Tony's here with the horse. Uh, he wants a bit of action. He's Trample gonna the a... fucker. All right, yeah. cool. All right, yeah. good. But look, <laughs> wait until I've slashed him in the head because I, I'm hoping that someone's going to record that on their camera phone and we can, you know, like put it up on YouTube and people think it's yeah, really cool. Classic, classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one, one punch kill. Slash, shoot, trample. That's the way we'll go about yeah, it. Yeah, and... Um, the old SSD. Look... I don't care how you go about it. Just make sure that there aren't any kids around because I don't want them getting traumatised. The following <laughs> year, seven-year-old Elizabeth was raped and left oh, for dead by what? an Indian Why are we dri- doing this as an episode? <laughs> it gets, I don't know, it gets, it's part of SA history. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, if I'd have known that she was going to get, like, that she was going to get yeah. brutally raped and killed at age seven, I would not killed. Look, I'm not trying to ba- I'm not trying to backpedal here, but I'm just trying to say if I'd have known that that was the direction it was going to go, I would not have made a glory hole joke in the first five minutes. It's not going to hold up in court, mate. The following year, uh, seven-year-old Elizabeth was raped and left for dead by an Indian drifter in an attack that left her psychologically disturbed and, a- and unable to ever have children. Does this story have a happy ending? No, it has the exact opposite of a happy ending. <laughs> So it's not going to take a twist for the positive. We're going to get sued. Oh, there's, by the, there's twists along sued the way. by the descendants of this. Like <laughs> her doctors then gave her opium for the pain, which she subsequently became very addicted to. Well, okay. So when you said it didn't have a happy ending, well, yeah, there's some fun. Hey, hey, there's hey, some hey, fun hey, to hey. be had along the way. Heroin I'll tell addiction. You that much. Hey, and I've I, I've never met anyone that was addicted to heroin that wasn't having a good time. I know, right? They're always having a lot. It's 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 all sunshine and rainbows. On the 2nd of February, 1857, Elizabeth's father died of consumption. Now, I think that's... Tuberculosis, yeah. Yeah. And Elizabeth was put into service uh, with the family of a pharmacist in Melbourne. So, you've got an opium. Okay. All right. Um, Extremely easy access to opium. uh, 
it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to believe that there's a god because the world is so cruel. Mm-hmm. But then it's like the perfect <laughs> like the the perfect storm. It's like God's like, oh, you know, I'll fix this. I'll uh, fix, yeah. <laughs> that thing that you need to kind of put the smile back on your dial, I'm going to give it right to you. And it's like as a heroin addict, a job on a pharmacist is like oh, gold mine. Gold yeah. mine. She must have been like Chickens have come home to roost. Yeah, that's it. Life's on the up and up. At the age of <laughs> Life's on the up and up. At the age of fifty she's lived a hard life by the age of fifteen. Life's on the shooting up. <laughs> At the age of fifteen, she left the household and moved to the Ballarat township along with a large quantity of opium she had accumulated. Oh, uh, do we know for sure that she's tra- she was traumatised by seeing a man get slashed <laughs> in the head, or was she traumatised by just growing up in Ballarat? Uh, yeah, more likely the uh, the latter. The latter, yeah. Um, so, uh, during this time, Elizabeth supplied opium to prostitutes to use as revenge on their more abusive clients to either punish them or rob them or, <laughs> or OD them. You were abusive, you slapped me around whilst I was trying to fellace you. I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give you the 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 greatest 15 minutes of a pleasurable, like the most incredible pleasurable high you've ever experienced, and that's gonna be my punishment. <laughs> like, I got it all wrong. Yeah. It's no, like, I think I think she know, like gave it to them, then like they, you killed them. Oh, okay, them. okay. Yeah. So, so so you gave them too much and made them overdose, or you like robbed them or something like that. Yeah. That's so right. it wasn't like you know I'm gonna take my revenge on you. By ta- you know, it's like living well is the best revenge. Like I'm gonna take my revenge on you by making <laughs> by living you, well by making you feel so good. Yeah. Giving you that sweet, sweet golden brown, sending you to just you know pleasure town, and you'll 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 realise tomorrow that um you know you shouldn't treat me you shouldn't have treated me so bad. Well, that's how they get the return customers. Okay. You yeah. Might say they always come again. Oh. There we go. There we go. In ni- 1865, after receiving news that her mother was alive and looking for her, Elizabeth travelled to. Munta Munterra. I don't know why they named every town twice. So yeah. it's now just known as Munta. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. Good. Uh, in South, back in back in SA. Uh, so she's with her mother and her stepfather. So to port, support herself, she got a job as a housekeeper on the weekends. Why didn't she go back to working in a pharmacist? <laughs> well, listen, listen to this. On she's the week- got experience in that field. It's like you don't, you know. I mean, and at the age of fifteen, you know, you've done a good apprenticeship by that stage. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yes. So she gets work as a housekeeper. Yep. On weekends, she taught Sunday school, and she like kicked her addiction. So things are really on the up and up. And this is because, um, unlike the eastern states where opium was freely available, uh, they required a prescription in South Australia. Okay. This time. Yeah, so, yeah. We, we've we've always been strong on the uh, on tired, the regulation. Tired of this nanny state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm tired. Going back to yeah. 1865. I want to go back to 1865 and just get my opium, like you know, straight out of the uh, container. You can't. You, can't, you, you have to go to the, the shop. You point behind the guy and you're like, oh, I'll take that one. Yeah. Give me the uh, give me the good one. Uh, so things are looking up for Elizabeth. I needed to kill. I needed to kill a uh, guy who's been beating me up. I mean, uh, <laughs> so things looking up for Elizabeth. She's got a job. She's beating her addiction. Volunteering yep. on the weekends. Yep. Uh, maybe she's um, taking up cross stitch or running a blog or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, this time, yeah. she's well. living the dream. She's loving life. Perhaps it's even prime time to meet a man. Mm. Mm. So right. we're just looking up. Just Elizabeth. Just come out of a rut. <laughs> you know. Any any time that um, a young person, particularly a woman, has has gone through kind of horrible abuse or you know like sort of childhood, you know childhood abuse or some some kind of horrible kind of life experience, the best thing that can happen to that person is for them to meet a nice man. Well, oh, and it's always a nice. I man. say nice. 
Thomas Walcott. It's always a nice man. It like generally speaking, if you kind of grow up in a in, in a rough neighborhood and 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 things don't go your way, eventually you'll you'll meet a guy who um who just treats you right. Oh, it's so good. And, and you know, particularly because she hasn't had a father around and she was raised yeah. on neighbors. All, all she's got well, is, yeah, all she's right. got is Toadie to well, look up well, to. Well, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the guy maybe that's the guy she finds. Maybe it is Toadie. It, it's well, it's not yeah, like Toad Toadfish Rebecca is basically <laughs> that's her that's her focal point for what the perfect man looks that's like. Right. Does he have a good mullet? Yeah. Hawaiian is she, shirts. Is she, she going to find that? Is she going to find that in this guy? I can only, I can only, I can only hope. <laughs> Thomas Woolcock. Thomas, that's your name. Thomas oh. Woolcock emigrated from Cornwall. Give me a Cornwall accent. Uh, Cornwall is a bit like this. It's like people from like Devon and Cornwall. They sort of live in the West Country, and they they so good. They farm a lot of sheep. Uh, Thomas Cornwall emigrated from Cornwall. Thomas Woolcock, sorry, emigrated from Cornwall and settled in Moonta with his wife and two children in 1865. His <clears> wife and wife. Ain't gonna lie to you. I got a wife. <laughs> I got a wife and two kids already, but looking for a bit of side prosty. This is Tinder 1865. <laughs> 1865 Tinder style. I'm looking for two things. Uh, first, bit of pro- bit of prosty love. Second, um, have you got any heroin? <laughs> My wife and son need some. It's for uh, it's for my wife's ingrowing toenail. Um, it's quite badly infected. Um, but also, um, while you're at it, can I um, can I have a gander at your minge? His wife and son, his wife and one son contracted a fever and died the following year. All right. Well, you couldn't come up with the goods when it came to the heroin. As a result of that, my wife and my son contracted a fever and died from the um, ingrowing toenail. From the ingrowing toenail, which was quite. Look, to be fair. I mean, people said at the time, heroin is extreme. You don't want to go there, Thomas. That's too far. But in my defense, it was quite badly infected. Now, as a result of that, she has gone and died. And what I'm asking you is, um, what sort of compensation are we looking at? Can I have a gander at your minge? (laughs) Ah, so Thomas... I won't beat you like those other men. A lot, there's a lot of rough, rough lads in this neighbourhood. I'm not one of them. I'll treat you right. Um, nice girl like you, obviously been through a lot of trauma, having grown up in Ballarat and been raised on neighbours. <laughs> now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a big fan of the Toadfish Rebecca too. I'm not him. <laughs> but hook us up with a bit of heroin and um, I won't smack you around. I promise. I promise. <laughs> So Thomas advertised for a living housekeeper, for which Elizabeth applied. Elizabeth's stepfather disliked Thomas immediately. He's and got a problem with me. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I, each to their own. You don't have to like me first time you meet me. But, I, you know, I thought I was quite respectful to the bloke. I asked him, can your daughter come work for me? I'll give her a good, I'll give her a living wage, you know, as long as she helps me out with a bit of heroin and a, and a gander at the minge. <laughs> and he wasn't, he wasn't going for it. He was not going for it at all. <laughs> so uh, her stepfather considered the living arrangement scandalous, and in order to avoid gossip, they just married each other. So I don't get how that. All right, <laughs> I've been thinking about it. Now, I love how you put the. <laughs> bear with me. I'm not going to tell you that this is a perfect solution, but I've been thinking about it. Here's the trade-off, right? Yes, I am an abusive heroin addict with a dead wife and son, and you are a traumatized um, Ballarat native. But (laughs) here's the kicker, right? Come and live with me. 
Your dad's not happy about it. Come and live with me as my wife. I can promise you, I will buy a Hawaiian shirt and I'll start growing the mullet. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I can't be Toadfish Rebecca, but I can bloody try. <laughs> Gonna get me a BMX, a mullet. I'll get me a BMX, I'll get me a mullet. <laughs> All right. And I promise you, you can be my D. <laughs> Well done. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, really neighbours well reference. Yeah. Well, it is big. In, Who doesn't love a neighbours reference? It is big where I come from, so but, I do yeah, keep up on. Yeah. I'm, I'm about six episodes behind. Oh, look, I'm, yeah, I'm six months behind <laughs> because that's how it works in the UK. But I'm here now, and I'm telling you, if you need if you need me to be your toady, I'll be your toady. But <laughs> on balance, I can tell your dad's probably not going to go for it. So just as things had been looking up for Elizabeth, Woolcock turned out to be a heavy drinker a bully, and a wife beater. All right, when I said I was going to grow the mullet and wear the Hawaiian shirt, what I meant was I'm going to get another six-pack and smack you around the face. Now, I'm not <laughs> proud of my decisions. And, I'm, and, you know, we've all made mistakes. Elizabeth attempted to leave him several times but failed and eventually attempted suicide by hanging herself in the stable. But the rafter broke as she was hanging herself, sparing her life. Over this time, she became addicted to... Oh, my God. (laughs) Can we just back up? Like, fucking hell. I know. It's tragic, isn't it? I'm I'm trying to keep this light (laughs) by making Toadfish Rebecca jokes. Glory hole joke. I made a glory hole joke before I realised she was a seven-year-old, which I'm deeply ashamed of. Oh, man. Then I made a Toadfish Rebecca joke, and and ten seconds later, she tries to... Commit suicide. Oh, no, but the rafter broke and Sorry, it saved her life. She tries, she attempts suicide. Don't say commit attempts, suicide, that's offensive. Attempts, attempts suicide. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so just. Rafter, oh, oh, fucking hell. It doesn't get any better, Tommy. Well, no, how, the question that I have is how do I continue to make neighbours' jokes You've just got to find in a way. the face of such grim developments? Oh, it, it only gets grimmer. So it gets grimmer. She became addicted again. Uh, this time to morphine. So, next step beyond. Uh, the situation improved somewhat when Walcock to- took in a boarder to their house, um, whose presence lessened the abuse she suffered. But eventually, the two men had a dispute, and the boarder left. Not long okay, after. Okay, uh, look. <laughs> Obviously, we've had our problems up to this point, right? Things haven't always gone the way they should have gone. I admit. I made some mistakes. I've had a few too many bevies on a, on of an occasion. I've I've raised my hand to you, and I regret I regret my decisions. But I'm thinking I might let my cousin. Um, <laughs> what was his cousin's name? Oh, Sto- um, Sto- to- uh, Jared, Jared and um, oh god, Tony and Tony and is it oh. Stonefish? Was Stonefish one of them? Possibly. <laughs> look at look it up. Um, no. Um, Tad, was it Tad? Tad, but yeah. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Things haven't gone perfect <laughs> at this point, but I'm thinking that what's going to turn us around is we'll have, we have a border, right? We'll have a bit of money coming in. <laughs> Got the idea from neighbours. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking, um, I've gone into Northern accent somehow. <laughs> All right, things Just haven't Thomas gone. Thing, things haven't gone. Things haven't gone that well. But I'm thinking we'll, we'll let me, me, me cousin Toadfish, uh, Tadfish, move in. There we go. Um, but not long after the border left, the family dog died after being poisoned, and the border was suspected. 
So now we've got a dead think, dog think, in our hands as well. I, think, I don't know why I picked this. I, I think Tad, Tadfish might have poisoned <laughs> the dog. I'm not. I, I, look, I'm not one to point fingers. Obviously, once I've had a few bevies, I'll probably fucking hit the cunt. <laughs> but at the moment, I'm not one to point fingers. But I think he might have killed the dog. At around this time, Elizabeth ran out of morphine and began suffering from severe yeah, withdrawal symptoms. You're looking a bit pale. <laughs> the chemist... Or, re- you haven't run out of morphine, have you? <laughs> the chemist refused to prescribe any more. Uh, she resor- resorted to sending her stepson to pharmacies with notes, claiming that she needed it to get ink stains out uh, of clothing. Seems, Seems yeah, well, totally like, legit. Uh, to Come be fair, if you were a pharmacist in uh, 1865... And someone was like, "I need some morphine." Suspicions would be raised, mm. but if then they, if they were like, if their ten-year-old son <laughs> was then like, "Actually, my mum needs it to get some stains out of her," cl- oh, of course, oh, yeah. yeah, like you wouldn't, because it was back, nothing else. There's no back, homo, and also back in those days, people trusted each other. Yeah. Like it's like you you knew that when someone's ten-year-old son came along to collect their morphine, mm. and they told you that it was to get stains out of ink stains out of. You, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't second get. Not like today. If a ten-year-old came to me today to collect some <laughs> morphine, and they were like, "Oh, my mum needs it to," uh, you know, I probably wouldn't believe them. Mm, yeah, you but would. but in 1865, people trusted you each other. Do. It was a better time. Better time. In many Be- ways, it was a better time. Better neighbours. Oh, it all comes down to neighbours. Yeah. And you know, everybody needs good neighbours. And you can't be walking around with ink stains. No, that's right. Because I'm sure that's the height of your worries. Because in that's when good neighbours become. Not so good neighbours. Uh, a yeah. bit, bit blotty. Mm. Um, so her desperation to acquire drugs became common knowledge in the community. So now they're all kind of like, this family's the... the you know, the family on the street. You they're know the, they're the drug about. fuck yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's that family, the Siggy Butt. Brains. like how you point to my neighbours. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Who are notoriously about. drug fucks. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, a month after the dog died... Um, Woolcock, Thomas Woolcock Suspected heroin overdose Woolcock became ill with stomach pains and nausea Of course she did Yeah, Mm. Elizabeth called in three doctors over the following weeks Who each diagnosed different illnesses and prescribed different medications Unfortunately they had to diagnose her through a little hole in the wall (laughs) Dr. Bull prescribed (laughs) Dr. Bull Yeah Dr. Bull After I make a glory hole joke and his name's Dr. Bull Brilliant he prescribed syrup and pills laced. Oh, uh, I got some syrup for you, love. Pills laced with a third of a grain of mercury. I've got some syrup and mercury, but you'll have to you'll have to take it through this hole in the wall. Oh, oh. You'll make sure you have to take it orally. Also, close your eyes because um, I don't want you to see my secret delivery method. <laughs> it was, but his sore throat became considerably worse. And oh my god, I can't believe this. Then Elizabeth called in Doctor Dicky. <laughs> Who also required her to, to take the medicine through a hole in the wall? Oh, who prescribed rhubarb tablets and cream of tartar, oh, which had no God. effect. Cream of tartar. Mm. Uh, at 3am on the 4th of September, 1873, Thomas Woolcock died. Dr. Dickey initially oh, stated... Elizabeth! <laughs> Look. I feel like Madge. I'll, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I wasn't the best husband. I did... I did often have, I did often take to drink, and after a few, I ain't gonna lie. I threw the odd punch, and I'm not I'm not proud I'm not proud of it. But I just hope that if there is a God, and it, and heaven above, that one day we'll meet in the afterlife, 
and I can be your <laughs> toadfish, Rebecca. Dr. Dickey initially stated his patient had died from pure exhaustion from excessive and prolonged vomiting and purging. So, essentially, <laughs> natural, <laughs> natural causes. Okay. And gagging. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but small town gossip kicked. In. Yeah. This is yeah. where the neighborhood starts. Oh, it's, it's, it's the druggy family. Yeah, the, yeah. The neighborhood yeah. watch is watching. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, uh, Elizabeth's cousin, Elizabeth Snell, everyone's just called Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, suggested to the doctor. Either Elizabeth or Anne. That, <laughs> that everyone who knew. Or Elizabeth Anne. Wilcox's wife had been getting morphia. Oh. And she could have poisoned him with it, and the rumors of foul. Play mm-hmm, began mm-hmm. to spread. Well, once you once you start to suspect that someone's been poisoned, of course you're going to feel more fear. That's, that's just that's just that's just understandable. So, Doctor Dickey, who initially said he died from exhaustion, um, ordered an inquest. He sounds like a quack. He sounds like a quack. he's like, what happened? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, mm. you got You got to hear. I think this, that's he looks, the one. No, he look, the, the other I'll, doctor's the dodgy. I'll be honest. Here, he looks a bit tired. Well, yeah, he's extremely tired, Doctor. He's dead. Well. Exhaustion. So Dr. Dickey ordered an inquest to quash the rumours, essentially, because he still believed his original diagnosis, you know, the one that makes sense. I don't want to admit that I've, I don't want to admit that I've made a mistake, and I don't want to admit the possibility that I could have made a mistake. So let's blindly defend <laughs> my poor judgment so that I don't have to acknowledge that I was wrong. Yeah. And this is where it goes from here. I've got to tell you, he sounds like a good doctor. Sounds like, sounds he sounds like, like a doctor. And again... It's sounds the, like the one in, I had in Kilburn once. <laughs> again, again, though, 1865. A doctor you could trust. Yeah, that's it. His med- medical training would have been... Top, like, regulation back then was so good. Yeah. yeah it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a full weekend. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the inquest was opened in the front parlour of Wilcox Cottage with 14 jurors. So they just hold it like the next day. They're like, all right, let's see if she's guilty. Get 14 townsfolk in here and we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, why muck around? That's why, it. Why, like these days, it's like you want justice. You've got to go through like 12 months of like litigation and be, it, uh, people investigating. The, the, and police officers doing their job and, and checking. The, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want that. Nah. I want 14 local people that mm. didn't like me to... Uh, <laughs> Sit in my front room of my house and pass judgment over my entire life. Forty-eight hours after I've d- died, that's what I want. That's that is that is a justice system <laughs> that you can believe in. I and know, again, right? eighteen sixty-five, it was a system you could trust. Things are working. Yeah. All right, Doctor Dickey testified <laughs> that the drugs taken by the deceased and the chemist, Mister Opie. Uh, and the chemist's name is Mister Mister Opie. Opie. Yeah, O P I E. Chemist is Mr. His Opie. name was Mr. Opie, and he <laughs> was selling her. Yeah, everyone has such a relevant name. Okay. Uh, well, you're named after your profession, isn't it? That's why my surname's <laughs> Schmidt, because my great-great-grandfather was a Smith, and that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how it yeah, was. Yeah. And, that's, and that's why her last name was Walcott. All right, you're Mr. Garbo. You're, you're yeah. Mr. Teacher. Ah. Uh, so, um, Mr. Opie testified regarding Elizabeth's attempts to get morphine. Elizabeth also testified, and autopsy was ordered and performed in the cottage that by Mr. Um, slice open a dead cunt. <laughs> Mr. Slicey. Mr. Slicey. An autopsy happened just in the cottage that night while Elizabeth just waited outside. Oh yeah, why not? So yeah. the next day, cleanliness. The next day, the went in the next day and cooked dinner on that table. <laughs> Would have too. The next day, an inquest resumed at the Moonta Courthouse, where Dr. Dickey described the state of the body, and he suggested that mercury poisoning was a strong possibility. 
Uh, Dr. Bull, who's the one we learned about earlier, admitted yeah. prescribing pills full of mercury, uh, but insisted that Woolcock Look, only took one. I'm going to acknowledge my error here. I'm Hang on. You're saying mercury poisoning was what killed him? Yeah. All right. Well, look, I initially I was against this investigation because I I don't like to acknowledge when I've made a mistake. But I did actually give him a shit ton of mercury. I will I will acknowledge that. Well, how many did he take? Oh, it, definitely enough to kill an elephant. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, however, Doctor Bull had been a drug addict himself for over thirty he years. Fucking had and had consumed atropine, sulfuric ether, chloroform, and opium. In large and frequent doses while uh, working with them. Um, yeah, but don't be a square. <laughs> Everyone was doing it back then. Like I said before. It's the 60s, it's the man. It's the 60s, man. It's the 60s. It's the 1860s. Woodstock. Everyone is, everyone's having a gander. Oh, mate. Um, he was reportedly in a drug-befiddled state when treating Woolcock, and several witnesses testified that Thomas has told them that Bull's medicine was the one that made him sick. Dr. Bull was... Con- <laughs> Just repeat that last sentence. Bull's medicine was the one that made him sick. <laughs> bull's medicine. I'm gonna give you some bull's medicine. I'm gonna give you some bull's medicine. You have to. You, I'll, I'll give you the full dose, but you've got to take it through a hole on the wall. Doctor Bull was committed to a psychiatric hospital after the trial and committed suicide several months later. Fucking another suicide. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, so Doctor Bull. Doctor Bull is so guilty in this. This is. This show's called Adelaide. <laughs> This is so depressing. We might have to trash this one. (laughs) So police told the inquest that they found a mercury-rich powder to treat the dog's ringworm. Um, But the the jury decided that Walcock was poisoned by his wife and Elizabeth was arrested. So essentially what's happened is they've treated the dog for ringworm. Uh, Dogs had the the powder on his ass, licked it off, as dogs do. Well... Died from mercury poisoning. Not just dogs. Doctor comes in because... I oh, know you get a sore throat in the 1800s and you die. Yeah, Doctor yeah, comes yeah, in, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, take a shitload of mercury." He's died from mercury poisoning. Yep. Um, and then um, they're all saying, "Oh, well, she's a drug addict. She's the one that's killed the dog and the husband." I would have, I would have suspected her. I already did. <laughs> you know what it is? It's those neighbours on the street who you want to get rid of, and you can't wait to get rid of them. But you can't because they're in like a housing trust house or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, any chance yeah. you get, you're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, pretty sure that's what, what's yeah, yeah, happened yeah. here." I um. I've had my suspicions for a long time. I've never thought. I've always thought there was something wrong with them. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. She definitely, she definitely killed him. What the, the ones at number forty six? Yep, yep. Absolutely. Oh, big time, yep. big time, big time. Um, Elizabeth pleaded not guilty, and the trial in Ad- Adelaide was a sensation, with crowds filling Goodger Street outside the Supreme Court. The Crown solicitor argued that Elizabeth had poisoned the dog in an experiment, um, and her motive was having an affair with the border. Defendants at the time were... Tad, Tad, Tadpole? (laughs) She Um, wouldn't do him like that. No, no. No, she wouldn't do him like that. Uh, Following the three-day trial, the jury... She'd do him through a hole in a wall, but she wouldn't do him like that. The jury, after deliberating for 20 minutes, found her guilty with a recommendation for mercy, but she was sentenced to death. (laughs) (laughs) Merciful. (laughs) She was sentenced to death. But a merciful death. Yeah, give her a nice, give her, yeah. give her a nice sentence. Um, her, her sentence was to be um, slashed in the head. <laughs> trampled by a horse and then shot. <laughs> and shot seven times and trampled by a horse. Um, at which point she broke, in, broke down in tears uh, as a result reason. of some sort of childhood trauma. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Not a doctor ball. 
He's dead now, anyway. Oh, yeah. So on the 30th of December, 1873, dressed in a white frock and carrying a posy of fresh flowers, Elizabeth gave a letter to be opened after her death to her minister. It was addressed to, to Minister Toadfish. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the next season. Yeah. Signed, your biggest fan. Yeah. Uh, the time came to climb the steps and Woolcock complied and at exactly 8am, a masked executioner slipped a dense black hood over her head and a noose around her neck before she could finish her prayer. To be fair, she got what she wanted in the end. What? <laughs> did, did she not try to hang herself? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, every cloud. Before she could even finish her prayer, the floor beneath her suddenly snapped open. The rafter broke. No, I'm kidding. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> she died. Okay. Okay, so this isn't funny at all. It's not, well... Not funny. We might put this one just for one of those backup episodes, well. you know? The letter describing her life was so badly written and with poor spelling, I couldn't even make out some of it. Um, with many inaccuracies, inclu- even including getting her own age wrong, but she confessed to the crime. In the years following her death, experts decided that Elizabeth's confession was religiously inspired, prompted by a desire for salvation... Um, she was police. Well, that's his- how, you, that's yeah. how you get salvation is, yeah. is, is confess to crimes that you didn't commit. Mm. Police historian Alan Peters says she was more interested in impressing the Reverend than setting the record straight. It is unlikely that Elizabeth was having Reverend, an affair. Reverend Toadfish. Yeah. <laughs> it is unlikely that Elizabeth was having an affair and she had nothing to gain from Wilcox's death. Uh, you know, she actually cared for him while he was ill and she called the doctors and uh, this was evidenced by his lack of bed sores and things like that. She showed no ill towards her husband who treated her like yeah, shit. Yeah, like shit, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the dog treated for ringworm powder just licked it off his body. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, Wilcox, all done, we've all done that. Yeah, Wilcox's systems were consistent with tuberculosis and dysentery, both of which were found at autopsy. Um, and typhoid, although this wasn't found. Wilcox's organs, removed at the autopsy, had been left unattended and exposed in the air for 24 hours before they were examined. Yeah, but that's how you did auto- that, That's That's standard practice. That's definitely not going to compromise the diagnosis. No, no, no absolutely. Yeah. No, no. Just, <laughs> just, you know what? It's like a stew. You've got to let it sit mm-hmm. for a bit. You know how mm-hmm. you, you cook a yep. stew, you yep. have some that night, put it yep. in the fridge. Bang on, bang on. The next night when you're having dinner, it's so much better because all, all the flavours are going on. That's how, how auto- yeah, autopsies yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's my understanding of how an autopsy <laughs> undergoes. So it was never proven at the trial that Wilcock had died from mercury poisoning or that Elizabeth had administered it. Having had a good look at it myself, it's pretty clear that she didn't murder him. Uh, following years of research, police historian Alan Peters in January 2009 applied for a posthumous pardon, which is being considered by the South SA Attorney uh, General Michael Atkinson. In 2010, Peters disputed petitions, distributed petitions throughout the Copper Coast requesting a posthumous pardon with the Moonta and other people urging to sign, but the latest bid was rejected by the Attorney General in 2011. Pauling. Flowers are still placed on Elizabeth Wilcox Adelaide Jail grave. Yeah, by the people that are going to sue us for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Regularly in tribute to a woman who may have been wrongfully accused or was more than likely wrongfully accused. Not the funniest thing I've ever read. Well, when do we get to the glory holes? (laughs) And that was the story of Elizabeth Wilcox. Sensational. And... uh... (laughs) 
This one might just stay between us. Another episode of Adelaide. <laughs>